To be honest with you, it was not my dream to come to America. Meaning I respect everything and I appreciate everything that this country has, but it was not my, my ultimate dream to come to America. This podcast is building to a mixed-media performance installation about women's journeys and the real, imagined concepts of the present Pangea. It's produced by Lucille International Theatre Company, based in Houston, Texas. The photography in the final exhibition will be featured by Rashad Hawk. The sound design and music is composed by Garrett Gonzalez. And a special thank you to Carol Keating, Debbie Bai, and all of our Kickstarter backers, and everyone that has given their support to this project. I'm Melissa Flower. I'm Lisa Villegas. This is Pangea. To be honest with you, it was not my dream to come to America. Meaning I respect everything and I appreciate everything that this country has, but it was not my, my ultimate dream to come to America. I wanted to go to, to France, but things didn't work. And United States, you know, it was not at all my life project, my life dream. This is Fabiola, a teacher in the Houston area who moved here 10 years ago from Colombia. Uh, my sister moved here about 13 years ago because her husband, you know, the situation in Colombia was not good at the time. And he's an architect. He was married with an American that had some company. So he says, okay, why you don't come here? I will sponsor you and I can give you some work as an architect. Excellent. He says, okay, wonderful. So they came here. He got, you know, hired by his brother-in-law at that time. And it was wonderful. So... My sister was pregnant, and I came to visit her about 12 years ago, and that was funny because I remember I told her, you know, I had the idea, I lived in Europe for about three years in Belgium. I used to travel a lot, and I, I love to travel. By myself, you know, with or without, I, I love traveling. When you go anywhere, so you go to the uh, gas station, and not to the train station, the mm-hmm. car. And, and you say, okay, give me brochures, give me uh, what are the schedule for the train, the tram, the buses, etc. And I remember uh, when I came to visit my sister, so, okay, I said, I, I will go and visit you for about a month. And then I called her, okay, please, could you do me a favor? Could you have ready the schedule for the trains, the buses? She died laughing. She died laughing. She said, you have no clue where you are coming, baby. <laughs> And I was looking at the map and said, okay, I want to go to New Orleans, and then I want to go to Dallas, and then, so could you please tell me, because I need to have the schedule of the train, and I had to, so she loved to bed, I remember the day. So when I came here, and I visited my sister, so first of all, I said, where's the people? Where is the people, you know? So you just see the avenues, and the, and you're accustomed that you see people walking on, on the, you know, the roads, etc. That was fun. Anyway, when I realized about the distances and about, it's, I said it's another conception of life, totally different. But she lives in Montgomery, very nice place, close to Lake Conroe, that area. And I see their lifestyle, so nice, so peaceful. Uh, so they're, they're a girl with a good education, good options for education. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this country has a lot of things to offer, even if you are not born here. You know, because mm-hmm. we are from Colombia, but their girl had a really good opportunities, good mm-hmm. options, and her husband has a job at a time, and 
they were they, they were doing good. So when I came here, I said, interesting, why not? So two months later, my sister said, okay, Fabi, somebody saw a picture of you and he wants to meet you. So I said, oh, okay, but American, no. Forget it, forget it, forget it. <laughs> so she said, why you don't try? Just stop being that, you know, life is not that. You have to be more open-minded and more flexible. And uh, So you have a dream about something, but why not try different options? Can I give him uh, your phone number, etc.? But my English at that time, if right now is strong accent. At that time, I didn't talk at all. So I spoke French, but not English. So, um, okay, okay, give me my phone number. So we start talking, etc., etc., etc. So about five months later, he went to Colombia and visited me and visited my family. But he is so charming, he is, you know, anyway, so everybody loves him, very nice, and then he says, okay, why you don't come to my country and visit my family? So, um, I came here, that was interesting, but I think it was too quickly. Get married. So why, why not? He has a good family, he has a good job, he, he seems to be a good person, but I didn't know him. Really good. Okay, I said, okay, so go, go, <laughs> go for it. So the main reason, I will say, was to get married. Because, you know, you know he, he brought me here, so we get married, and it was, I will say, very interesting for about two years. I wish it would be different, you know. Because I also, I had the opportunity, I had the option to do my, at that time, HIZ was the sponsoring people. I could also do that, you know, I could, uh, uh, that, that, that was originally the idea, to apply through HISE, and, and that was what I did that, that at the time, to apply with HISE, and they could, they can sponsor you. Mm-hmm. Either way, it will work, and uh, sometimes I would, I would rather have the other way, but anyway, <laughs> this, this, this was. Yeah. And if they were bilingual, you have more opportunities to, to work for HISE. I, I remember an American friend, she said, oh, why do you have more opportunities than me? This is my country. <laughs> I don't know. But as soon as I came here, I said, okay, I'm not a housewife. I'm not a, I know, I'm not the wife. I don't want to, meaning I need to feel productive and useful. And, and I have so many things I think to offer and I love my job and I love teaching. So I started kind of looking on that process more seriously. Uh, and it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy because I took all of the tests and I passed all of the tests. I just had to pass one that I, I think I took three times. The English uh, speaking at the time. Oh my God, that was, that was painful. Uh, but finally, so I have everything. So let's say I came in, in January and in June I started working as a teacher. And, and I started interview and that was funny. I don't know how I made the interviews. I don't, I don't know because my English was not good. And I was called from different school districts, from different schools, and I was, you know, really excited. So I finally accepted one of the schools that was the uh, uh, southwest region, southwest area. Everything my life, I will say, has been interesting because everything is a learning. Bro. Everything is a learning, you know. And I, I don't know. Anyway, 
the, the interesting thing I said, okay, this is a bilingual program, so I can teach part in Spanish and part in English. So that was that made me kind of feel more comfortable. I said I can do my job uh, without being that traumatized because I don't speak English. Uh, so it, it was interesting. So I started working on that school. Oh my God. Totally different conception of teaching, totally different conception of education, totally different conception of learning. Uh, so the impression was interesting. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it was, it was different. Uh, but the, the students were... You know, it was a rough, 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 rough ambience. I didn't know. I didn't have any idea about, you know, what, what I was facing. Um, and I remember the first week I saw students who throw things, who disrespectful, uh, answer back at you in an ugly way. I said, what is this? I'm not saying Colombian is perfect, but at least the students have respect. You see? And I said, I work with respect, but this is kind of, right? And I remember one of those bad kids, and I said, okay, I, I'm going to schedule a uh, parent conference. Mm -hmm. So it was the parent conference, okay, so I have everything ready. And when the parent came with his pants over here and all tattoos everywhere, I said, gosh, what I'm going to tell him that his son is a gang member, and I think he is the, the, the boss of the gang, you know? So some things that totally... Get out of my mind about what education is. What I found positive was that, okay, I remember the first week I came, I came home crying. I said, what is, what is this? I'm not teaching. This is, this is not what I expected. This is not what I expect American education to be. But then I kind of tried to have a big picture. Okay, this is an area. It's interesting that America is offering education even for these bad kids, for this bad area. Um, anyway, I, I, I saw the big picture later, and I said, okay, but I'm here. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit right now. I ha I'm going to make all of my effort, all of my best to give to these kids to see what I get in, in return. And if I don't get anything, that's fine. At least I try. At least I don't give up, you know, because I say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. But they say, no, this is not me. So I start, okay, I start trying to understand the students, the students' entourage, the students' uh, background, and I remember one of the girls told me how she came into that kind of thing. That was, that was very hard. But at least I start kind of approaching them, talking to them, uh, and I was not concerned about how to teach, but how to engage them in something interesting. At the end of the year... Uh, they make a celebration for me. I quit the school and just said, okay, one year is enough. <laughs> so I quit the school and then um, a lot of kids, and that girl in particular, she said, I need to tell you something. I had never felt like I was loved, that I, that I worked something in life. You made me feel that way. That was, and, and she said, I'm going to quit uh, no matter what, and I think I'm going to back to my country. But because of you, because you were the only one who didn't give up on me, who didn't treat me like trash, the only one who really, really cared about me, my life is different. So that was, I said, okay, good job. So I changed school. So that, that's, that's the thing, okay. I came to get married, but I found my job. And the second school, I love it. It was interesting, but it was a middle school again. So I said I want to teach high school because this is what I like. I like teaching calculus and 
trigonometry and things like that. So I was three years out of school, very good, very, very good, interesting. Also an area that is not good. But what I love about this is, and I still work on the same area, is Erlang and 45 North. So it's, it's, it's mostly Hispanic kids with low income. But there are a lot of kids that want to do better in life. And what I love feeling is how through education you can offer these kids a better opportunity to be better people. Mm-hmm. And the school I'm working at is, is my dream. It's my dream because um, it's called North Houston Early College High School. So I don't know if you have heard about the early college program. There are, I don't know, about 200 schools, something like that. And we meet at New York every year, all of the schools. So the idea of these schools is to offer uh, students with low income the opportunity to graduate with high school diploma and associate degree and to pursue their education. And they have to be, you know, they have to fill some requirements, low income, and be the first one to graduate in their families. And it's so awesome how government supports this initiative. So I love this initiative because mm-hmm. the students I, I'm working with are students that are um, low-income students, but they want to do better in life. And it's so good to see what they do when you offer them the opportunity. So right now, for example, we have one student in, uh, we have students all the way across the country. Uh, she's at Cornell University. She's going to graduate. There is another one at Rice University, full scholarship. Uh, there is another one in Harvard. So that's so good to feel that you're part of these initiatives, that students who didn't have opportunities and that have the opportunity and do well and do wonderful life. So that's, I love what I do as a director. <laughs> I love my job. I love the students. I love, now this is, and I think if working with the other students make me uh, appreciate what I have now, these kids are respectful, nice, sweet. All of these letters that you see there, they send me letters, they write me things, um, and I, I love it. I feel like, um, you know, my job makes sense and my life makes sense. Oh, I pray, I don't know how I keep it. <laughs> You're passionate. Oh my God. It's wonderful. I get so emotional. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's, that's kind of the big, big picture. Oh, now the relationship didn't work well. And um, so two years were okay, but actually he starts showing who he was from the beginning. And you cannot be on denial, you know. Very controlling, very possessive, very, um, I will say that, you know. Uh, and I'm a free person. So since then things were not, not good, mm-hmm. you know. Those people that are kind of, how do you say that? The one face and then there, mm-hmm. you have the people that have so many different faces. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. But then, okay. And then I had to put kind of a restriction because he started following, you know, he was obsessed with me. He was. Mm-hmm. And I said, sorry. So I called the police and I had to put restrictions and things like that. And then um, we bought this house, but fortunately it was under my name because he had a bad credit. And then... Then I find out a lot of not really good things, not really good things. 
and I went through hard, hard, hard time after the divorce. So I, I asked him during the divorce, and uh, he said, "No, no, I'm not gonna give you the divorce." Anyway, it was it was really, 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 really difficult. Mm-hmm. So after you know, the first year, I um, things were not working well, but I said, "Okay, let me. Okay, we're gonna try." And we tried, and at least I have that feeling, you know, that I did, I put my best, but he was not really a good person, not really a good person. So, um, okay, so I said, we, we bought this house, and then uh, I said, I don't care about anything, so if he, if he keeps them, I don't really care. I care about my, my life, my happiness, and, and, and do things in a good way. I went to live with my sister for a while. And then he says, okay, you, you stay with the house. But it was the time where the economy was so bad that people were selling houses and everything. So it was a big day on this house. Uh, I said, you, but uh, I'm leaving because he didn't have, you know, he couldn't pay. Anyway, so okay, he said, okay, that's fine. And he says, but I'm, I'm taking things. So the house was totally equipped and things that we wore together. And I remember, he says, uh, you can't come today, I'm leaving. I said, so I expected to see something, you know. When I opened that door, the house was totally empty. Uh, big days, because he used to buy horses, he used to buy cars. Anyway, things that I not, not really, it's not really easy. So I said, okay, what am I going to do, you know, with a big debt, because you got all of the credit cards and things like that, and, and this house, and what I'm gonna do. I remember, let me tell you, when I came to this, I was with my sister and my brother-in-law, my little niece, I sat on, on the floor and I cried. And then he said, wait a minute, this is just a house. I'm healthy, I have a job, I have a family that love me, I have so many things to be thankful for first, and to, um, and to fight for. So, no, 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 no. Animal, animal Fabi. So let's kind of start over again, you know? Mm-hmm. So life sometimes is, it's interesting, you learn from the experience, but sometimes it's kind of, how many times you have to start over, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, from, from things that you thought you will work, and it, did, it didn't work. But you have to do it, and you have to do your best. And you have to be, you know, to live happy when we would you have. So I can okay. So I started and work, working hard and uh, so here I am, you know, happy, loving my job, my family, and fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have the same last name because that's the reference of, uh, I built that, that name. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand it. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, Anytime that I need to go somewhere, or, yes, like right now, for example, Rice University says, we can, okay, we need um, 10 teachers from HISD because we want to work with a project. And so they invite us to a meeting, and that person says, okay, your names were referred from the school district. So I build the name, mm-hmm. you know? So Ms. Trapp is there because mm-hmm. of the job she has done, because of the researchers, because of the results of the students, because everything. So I'm going to work with a project now with, with Rice University. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's that's why I say, okay, forget it. I am Fabiola. <laughs> um, okay, you see me, Remy? At this point in the interview, Fabiola's left hand shakes, and she holds it up for us to see. I have Parkinson's. Two years, but but you you know I try to handle it the best way. Mm-hmm. But then I know when I I don't know. There are times where it's kind of not that much. But, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, I'm exercising. I went to the doctor. Okay, so the first time was devastating. But then, no, you know, you start uh, making research. What is this about? Why, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh-huh. And I was the cousin that uh, if if they diagnose, meaning if they tell you you are diabetic or whatever, uh-huh. whatever, uh, you have um, so. Okay, what what I have to do? Uh-huh. I have to take care of my diet. I have uh-huh. to exercise. I have to. But when I say, okay, I have that, I cry. But then I say, so what can I do? And that that was that takes out of all of my logic. That was very, I don't know how to say. Because he says, okay, it's something that does not have a cure. It's something that you don't know the origin. And it's something that gets worse over the time. I cry my eyes out of it. (laughs) That's so interesting what you're telling me, doctor. Because it's kind of, there is no hope, you know? And he says, no, it's not the message I want to give. I just want you to be realistic. Said okay, what can I do? So it was a process. So he says it was about a year ago. He says cool. So this is kind of getting a little bit worse. I can give you medicine, but the medicine is not going to cure the med- you know because there is no cure. If you feel that it's too much and you take the medicine for a while, it's going to come down. You know the trembling. Whenever you feel uncomfortable, you know because mm-hmm. there are times that when you when I'm moving both hands and I am. Unfortunately, I'm very expressive all the time. That moving, you know, is, is not that noticeable. When I'm teaching, I try to, make, you know, to move my hands and to move all the time. But when, when it stays still, it's, it's, not, it's not really good. He says, okay, uh, I can give you medicine, but the medicine is just going to be, um, como dices, palliativo. It's going to be something Pair that is... Have, yeah, just it? treating the symptoms. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be cured. And the risk is, I don't know if you've seen Michael Fox. That when they interview him, he does not only tremble, but he does something like this. She begins to rock back and forth on her chair. So he says, uh, that's dyskinesia, dyskinesia, and, and it's a consequence of the medicine. You're not going to have a cure, but meaning it's going to be just for that time that you take this, you can have not good consequences. What else I, I can do? So he says, good attitude, exercise, be busy, be uh, active. Okay, so I start kind of redimension my life again, kind of, okay, I, I'm going to have a good attitude, and whenever somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them, you know, I have Parkinson's, because before, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, and I was trying to hide the thing, and to, to put the hand somewhere, but now, no, I have it, I have it, and okay, and I have to live with this the rest of my life, the best I can, so when the students ask me, I said, and they say, oh, then it's not that terrible, you know, mm-hmm. you just uh, have to live with. And uh, try to have a positive attitude. So now I am in the uh, Parkinson Society. Instead of concentrating on my problem, to see how can I help people. So I am working out, I am taking dance classes, dance <laughs> classes. Whereas I see my future helping people with Parkinson, teaching them dancing. You know, this is something that in general I see in life, the way you see things. Because hard times, everybody has difficult times, everybody has stories in their lives that are not easy. But it's the way you take it, the way you face it, the way you uh, live with it. The best way to do it is attitude, I think, is a very important component of 
It is what it is. So I have to learn how to live with this and do my best and to see, okay, so what is the purpose of this? Probably there are so many other people that I can help and with my testimony and with my attitude and with my, the way I take it can help some other people. You never know. Anyway, but I just wanted to make you aware of that. <laughs> Did you think like after everything, after the divorce and everything about going back home? No, no. Um, mainly because of the opportunities of the job opportunities, mainly because of that. So, um, in Colombia, I'm very old. Here I'm old, but not that old, you know. <laughs> but here, what is beautiful about it, I and I have to say this, and, and I would like you to, to say this, what I love about this country is that that many opportunities that, that you have, no matter what color, is what I feel, is the way I feel. No matter what your color is, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter where you are come from, no matter how beautiful you are, if you work hard, if you are committed what, what you do, you know, if you have education, this country opens the door, appreciates what you are, pay you well, and supports you and keep offering you opportunities to grow. I love that about this country. I love it. Because I feel appreciated. I feel like my background was important. You know, they, they all my experience was counted for my salary purposes. So not, not, only, not only they appreciate your work, but okay, you have this, you have a master's degree, you have this, you have this, we pay you more. We pay you more. You work on this uh, uh, additional activity, we pay you more. I mean, it's, it, I, I really like that. So I love that. And also, you are the one that open your path. Here you have opportunities. Here you have options to grow. No matter, like I said, your age, your race, your beliefs, your culture, your background. If you're good and if you are hard and if you love what you do and you you are useful and you give something, some plus, oh baby, you got it here. I love that about I love that about this, this country. No, I'm, I'm not planning to come back. Because I feel like I keep growing here and I, I still have space to grow, you know? I still have a lot of things to do. So working on this new project, with working with Rice University, uh, working with the calculators, working with, you know, over there, you don't have that option. Right now, I couldn't find a job that easy. Because of the age? Because of the age thing, yes. You take the options. You take the options. Yes, there are times that are more difficult than others, yes. But you have to handle your life the best way you can. And I will say, I'm happy here? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. I love what I do. Um, and I try to manage my life the best way. And still with options to give on, to give on. To give on. Okay, my, my obsession was always Europe since I was in high school. I don't know why, like you can tell. And, and that's mo that monument, I am obsessed with that monument. I don't know why. So you see Eiffel Towers everywhere in my house. I, I feel, I don't know, I don't know. There is something with that monument. And I, I always, since I was in high school, I always wanted to go to Europe and to France. Why? I had no clue. So that, that's an interesting part of my life also. And the first time I went to that, I don't know why. I'm wondering now. So when I was in front of the Eiffel Tower, and when I was in front of uh, the Mona Lisa, I cried. <laughs> it was, you know, it was my dream, so. 
I had that opportunity to go there and to travel all around Europe. If I had kids, I will always encourage them to travel. Travel. That changes your perspective of life. And no matter what happens, you know, you will always be willing to to, to do better and to live to the, to the max. <laughs> Do you have, like, things that you brought from Colombia that are important, like objects or things that remind you of home? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Food is important for me. And oh. coffee. Here's my fridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just fruit. It's just it's fruit. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay, I like that. And I just... Or maybe it's not a thing, maybe it's like music or... The salsa. I, I yeah, the salsa. dancing. Oh yes, salsa. And Fonseca. Fonseca, yes. But I will say mostly music, because objects... And, and this is kind of a personality, you know? I, I like clean things. I Like, if you go to Cartagena, especially, mm-hmm. or Medellin, uh, and they give you, like, a buñuelo, which is, like, fried street food, and uh, a drink, or aguardiente, or something, mm-hmm. which is the this country's fire water, and they take you around town in the Chiva, you dance on the, it's like a party bus, you dance, okay. it's all open, and you have fans, and people get crazy. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> That's true. So I, I, I just realized that I just leave. I am not attached to anything. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we talk to Taiba, a writer from Pakistan and Dubai.